Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. You are listening to Money in the Market on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. And of course, we are joined on the line by the one and only Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX, to break down all the major market moves and news for you from this week. And what a week it's been. We have had the news that it's going to be mask off indoor from next week, or as one of my guests put it, a masks off party on from next week. Perhaps, maybe not. Let's be a little bit more cautious. We've also got markets very keenly watching the um, what's going to be happening in the U.S. We've got uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell's speech later today at about 10 o'clock Singapore time. So how has the STI performed this week, Jeff? We've got the STI currently in the green. What's your analysis on this yeah. week's market moves? Yeah, not not too not too busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in that the move upwards is is I think a pretty quiet ten points or so. Four mm-hmm. tenths of a percent's been the gain for the week. That still outperforms the big global majors. Like the FTSE developed index is down seven tenths of a percent, and that's predominantly because tech has 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 again uh, been the laggard for the week. Uh, so so those types of sector trends across the world we saw in the mm-hmm. first half of this year, we did see. Uh, start to re-emerge uh, somewhat last week. So nonetheless, it brings the STI year-to-date total return to 8%. Uh, Semcorp Industries was the strongest of the STI stocks this week, up 5%, followed by Keppel Corp up 4%. So um, as you can probably tell from that, the energy sector has been the one that's led the global stock market this week. So if you look outside the STI, uh, and aside from Semcorp Industries, you have Rex, RH Petrogas, Geo Energy, mm-hmm. Golden Energy Resources. They've averaged 11% gains, while October Brent crude futures have, are up uh, close to 4% for the week. And taking a look at the ST uh, on the SGX now, Keppel Corp currently up just over 2% at the moment for today's trade. Semcorp Industries up just over half a percent. And everyone is worried about inflation as well, right? Um, That's been a key concern while we're talking about energy prices. Inflation rates have been climbing globally from around 2% in some countries. Here in Singapore, we saw some inflation numbers. What's your take? Yeah, well, with with the latest uh, number that we had this week, the the MAS has removed its previous expectation for uh, core inflation to peak in this current third quarter, but it did maintain its projection for core inflation to ease towards the end of the year. Uh, For the whole year, UOB forecast headline inflation to be uh, averaging around 6% and core inflation to be uh, 4.2% for this year. But of course, there's these downside risks that are geopolitical both in nature in Europe and the region Mm -hmm. that can pressure supply chains. So at the same, you know, at the same time, we I guess we also have that, um, as your previous guest was saying, that wave of regional reopening momentum, uh, party on per se, um, which it, it can be positive for growth, but it of course it provides some more demand pool pressure on the already cost pushed inflation. So, uh, I guess that big year on year structural shift for inflation, it was expected 
to thread through these monthly inflation prints over the year, but uh, the month-on-month moves towards the end of the year uh, will really provide us with more insights as to what we can expect for 2023. Mm. And Singapore's industrial production figures also just came in in the past hour, and it's posted a surprisingly low growth of 0.6% in July. What do you make of these numbers, Jeff? Yeah, the um, interesting, right, the uh, industrial production numbers, because we were kind of always expecting these numbers to start coming in at these uh, very like marginal gains because you have that really high base effect from the second half of last year. So, so when you break the number up, though, where the growth was led by, it was it was transport engineering output. I think that was up 19% year on year. Marine and offshore engineering segment expanded 36% on on more ship repair and offshore projects. So, that's really in line with market observations because it was a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago exactly. Semcorp Marine reported um, it's the Semcorp Marine's trading around the 15th most traded stock today. It reported a lower net loss for the first half of the year compared to uh, the year before, but it did note that there was strong execution on multiple projects, and Semcorp Marine, it did start the year with a total of 16 projects being executed. 12 are scheduled for completion this year, and uh, seven of the 12 projects have been delivered year-to-date. So that number was, as you said, very much transcended and very much parallel to what we see in the stock market. And speaking of, uh, how are markets reacting mm. to these numbers? Are they react? Have they reacted yet? Or yeah, no, no. I mean, I guess expected. Semcorp Marine no change at eleven point seven cents. Mm-hmm. The report did also show the electronic sector was down six percent in July, um, but we've seen little change in that little cluster of electronics, high-tech stocks that rank among our top 30 stocks by turnover on a day-to-day basis. That's the likes of AEM, UMS, Venture, Nanofilm and Franken. So so very little change for those stocks since uh, reopening after lunch. But should mention that Tech, as we said, it has been the least performing sector in the year to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those stocks I've just mentioned, they have varied so far this year from a 9% decline in total return for UMS to a 38% decline for Franken. But as, as we just sort of discussed before, um, tech has still been the strongest sector in the quarter to date. So... Um, yeah, still much looking looking towards the global sector sentiment to the tech cycle, which is having an influence here on our stocks, probably more so than that number that had just come out. We're speaking with Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX. Jeff, in other news out today, we saw earnings from property and retail company Wingtai Holdings. Uh, we saw them report a jump of 222% when we're looking at full year net profit. Yes, yeah, uh, so the real estate developing stocks have been uh, yeah. one of yeah totally one of one of the stronger points um, so far since since the end of the June quarter and and actually in the year to date mm-hmm. too if you if you look across the likes of Hobie Lands up five percent City Developments up twenty seven percent UOL three uh, percent Hong Fok Corp is up forty percent so for the Singapore cluster where uh, conditions still remain quite resilient. Um, it, they have been definitely outperforming their peers that are more uh, focused on uh, up, up in the China-Hong Kong area because if you look at Yanlold land, I think it's down around 2% in the year-to-date versus Hong Kong land, which is up 2%. Mm. Also, global stocks are rising ahead of that Jackson Hole Eco- Economic yeah. Symposium. You know, it started that rally started yesterday. Do you expect that rally to continue? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, 
to, to be honest, I, I don't know if it's if it's if it's if it's uh, so much of a rally as I mean a little bit of anticipation to, mm-hmm. be, before the event. So, you know, basically tonight we've got the Fed chair's speech at 10 mm-hmm. p.m. Yeah. and prior to that, you, you've got um, I guess this anticipation. We've seen the U.S. dollar rally somewhat. We've mm-hmm. seen longer-term yields in the U.S. notch higher. But from here, much really depends on the outlook for U.S. rates that follow this speech, that follow the symposium. Mm-hmm. There, there has been little change to the outlook for U.S. interest rates in the last week. Um, so majority expectations are still for U.S. rates to come in at around 35 to 3.75% at the end of the year. And that implies uh, over the next three meetings a combined total of 1.25% mm. uh, hike. So that's not overly hawkish, but... That has also been, I should mention, for the 2022 year-end majority expectations, it has been at 35 to 3.75% for a long time. In fact, it was only, I think, back in mid-June, it was briefly uh, suggesting, your majority expectations were briefly expecting rates to be around 375 to 4%. So uh, there is a, that key downside risk that this disorderly market adjustment could be on the back of rates tightening quicker than expected. So messaging in the speech will be really important. And of course, whether that consensus expectations of rates still stays at 3.5% to 3.75% as a maximum uh, after the next three meetings. Because as we said, that's been the norm for, uh, I'd say, 99% of the time this year, um, since you know, since June. And you know, Hongbin has been watching with anticipation very closely what's going to be coming out of Jackson Hole tonight. Yeah. But other than that, what else should we look out for in the week ahead? Yeah, I think... Um, There's quite a lot of data uh, coming out of the U.S. and a lot Mm -hmm. of Fed Reserve engagements in the week ahead as well. I think uh, over the next uh, over the next week or so, we've got ten stocks going ex-dividend here in Singapore, Mm -hmm. and that includes two SDI stocks. So Jardine Cycle and Carriage goes ex-div on Monday, Venture goes ex-div on Friday. I guess why it's important is. Jardin Cycle and Carriage's interim dividend per share, uh, it has increased, I think, uh, to 28 US cents, which is up from 18 US cents a year ago, and that reflected this board's decision to pay out a higher share of the full mm-hmm. year dividend as an interim. Venture's 25 cent interim dividend will be um, is, is exactly the same as it was a year ago, but I should also mention uh, Cycle and Carriage has also been the second strongest SDI stock so far this quarter. Venture's ranked the sixth strongest, uh, hence there's you know, there's been that there was that attention on their numbers, um, but also uh, this. I think much will also depend, as we said, the Jackson Hole. There's going, there's going to be uh, a lot of. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting. I think one thing I'm really looking to is, like Jerome Powell did during COVID call on the U.S. administration or other facets of the U.S. administration to help with the pressures. Don't just make it all up to the central bank. Um, the, the, the Calling on, uh, for instance, uh, the U.S. Secretary of Energy, right. Jennifer Granholm, help stabilise supply and demand uh, to keep those energy prices down. You've got uh, 
Boston, the former Boston Mayor Martin Walsh, is the U.S. Secretary of Labor. He needs to keep detightening per se the U.S. labor market. So that's what that's that's one thing in there I'll be really looking forward to. Wonderful. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Too much to talk about, not enough time, as always. Time thank flies you, when we're talking to you, Jeff. Thanks so much, Rachel. <laughs> Jeff Howie there, market strategist at the SGX, joining us for a market wrap. He'll be back with us next Friday at 2.15 p.m. Stay with us here on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.